From the Cats Audio Network, this is Speaking with the Enemy. Welcome back, Tiger Cats and Argots from BMO Field. Just about 35 minutes away, folks. It is time to wave the white flag here on the pregame show as we speak to the enemy, as presented by Red Tag. It's time to get together, and with redtag.ca, you can book your group vacations and pay now, or pay later. Interest-free, plus get a chance to win back $25,000 in cash back. You can visit redtag.ca slash groupoffers for full details. All right, now, let's welcome from TSN 1050 Toronto. He is the analyst alongside the man that I am not speaking to for at least four weeks. Mike Hogan, Nadia J. thanks for checking in. No worries, no worries. It's a pleasure to be on with you, speaking with the enemies. Uh, I don't think me and Mike were enemies for a while on the field, but I did his podcast the other day. I feel like we're friends now, so I don't know if he was talking to enemies. All right. You know what? Hey, let me ask you that. Why are games between these two teams usually the most anticipated of the season? Man, it's it's just a long, long, long rivalry that dates back to you know before any of us were uh, were born. Uh, the two cities really hate each other. Uh, obviously, that's where it stems from, and you just know whenever it's Hamilton week or Toronto week, it, it's it's time to step up, and you don't want to lose that game because you know it means so much to the people in in your city, and it just you know you just grow up. I mean, I remember growing up in, in Toronto, and I hated Hamilton. I didn't know why, right? And it's just even 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 people that don't play football, you know, just hate the city of Hamilton, and it goes both ways. So you know, this football game kind of represents like pride for your city. And uh, that's, I think that's why these guys don't, don't like each other. I think that's where it's dead for them. Mike, you probably speak to that too, right? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. For whatever reason, when you come in as a, you know, first or second year player and you're not really familiar with the rivalry, the first thing you're told by all the fans, at least in Hamilton, are, hey, listen, I don't care. As long as you beat the Argos, that's what, what, that's what matters. And it's funny because it, it carries over in every single game. But listen, I wanted to get your, your input on where this Argos team is because I think, you know, when you look at it, it's very similar. It's this Jekyll and Hyde of the Argos offense, defense, and very similar to the Ticats where it's it's a lot of numbers being able to be very flashy and explosive. And then at other times it's turnovers or something else that hurts you. Where where do you see this Argos team right now? What do they need to do to, to get back on track? Yeah, right now it's it's a very confusing team because at times at the best of it, they look unstoppable. When McLeod Bethel Thompson has time and finding the receivers and the offense is rolling, it, it looks amazing. It looks like the greatest show on grass. But, you know, and then the other times you'll watch this team and you know, they won't score for a long period of time and you'll uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson will start missing drills, guys will be dropping passes and it's just not as sick and you know, obviously they're three and three for a reason because, you know, they, they haven't been able to get on a roll. But I always look at the first quarter and how, you know, they've only had uh, uh, six points through six games in the first quarter. And, you know, I look at teams like D.C., sometimes they'll score 20 in the first quarter and, and keep rolling. So it just, uh, I think it starts with the first quarter, how the team comes out and not playing from behind. I know they want to uh, get the ball in the hands of Andrew Harris to kind of kickstart things a little bit. It'll be a little tough today because, you know, the lineman is all the line the O line is all shuffled up and you know and guys playing out of position. But you know that's where it starts for me, like to, to establish an identity and do it in the first quarter, so the team can have some confidence going into you know, so the third and second half. Mm -hmm. And you and 
you know, do you find that identity to be established with a guy like Andrew Harris, or do you think they need to lean on McLeod Bethel-Thompson as this season goes along? Where do you feel this Argos need to focus their, you know, their offensive firepower and energy in order to get this shit back on, on track? Yeah. Yeah, like a guy like Andrew Harris, right? He's, he's probably the most proven guy on the whole entire Argos team right now, right? So you can lean on him, but he's a guy that needs help, right? He needs uh, a, a good old line because he can't run the ball uh, through linemen that aren't, uh, aren't being blocked, right? So he needs help in that aspect. And I, I find it tough for him to get it today because of the lineman situation. So you tell about the times, I mean, this is his first year starting. It's similar like, to, to Dane Evans where you're the number one guy from you know, day one, right? He's got to kind of take the reins and, and, and lead this team. I, I, last week was a bit disappointing because that game was there, and the caliber quarterback that we've seen uh, him play at, that had the level we've seen him play at, you know, a lot of those throws, I, I counted seven or eight of those that he makes in the sleep. And there were, there were passes that were, were not completed, whether they're high, low, inaccurate, his, his timing wasn't right. It, it just it needs to be done at this level if he's going to sustain uh, excellence. And, you know, obviously you look at the stat book and he's got 340 yards passing and you're thinking, oh, he had a great game. No, it's not about that. It's about, you know, making the throws when they matter. When the guy's wide open, he gives a chance to score. That's when you need to be making those throws. And uh, it just didn't happen last week. And I know he's upset about it and uh, he's looking uh, to, to make it up today. You know, Tiger Cats, or at least a former Tiger Cats receiver, Brandon Banks, he's listed as a backup here on uh, the, the um, on, on, at least on the depth chart here. I mean, it's hard to believe he won't make an impact some way, shape, or form. Where is he at this point of his career as an Argonaut? You know what? I, I kind of, and Mike, you will remember this, I'm, I kind of compare him a little bit to uh, Chad Owens towards, towards the, the later part of his career where, you know, MOP seasons, you know, you know, really explosive player and can score anytime he touches the ball. But, you know, guys like that, if they lose a half a step, you know, they're a totally different player. And, you know, they, maybe they start, you know, getting more injuries and, and things like that. But, you know, Speedy, he's obviously not the same player that he was in 2019. Uh, and, and the, the MOP year, obviously the 2020 year, you know, took a lot out of him, you know, not being able to play. And he talked about, you know, physically and emotionally, that was a tough year for him and try to bounce back in 2021. Didn't look, you know, the same. But now he's saying that he's having you know, fun playing the game again. And, Mike, you know him well. And when he, that guy's having fun, you know, it's 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 over for the, the opponent. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, since he's saying he's having more, more fun playing the game, uh, I, I think it's going to start turning around. Obviously, we won't be the same player in 2019. I mean, no one is – we're all not the same from, you know, three years ago, right? So, uh, so no, he, I'm looking for him to you know, kind of get back to, you know, what he does best. He's having fun right now. And, and uh, you know, he's obviously listening to the back of today. But don't be surprised if he makes an impact. You know, he's playing his former team. You know how coaches are when the guys are playing the former team. They want to get him in the end zone. Well, and, and one of the reasons I think that Speedy is where he's listed – on the depth chart is because of a huge addition for you guys coming back with Eric Rogers, right? Um, what what do you think he's going to do or be able to do to step into this Argos offense early and, and kind of the impact that he's going to make because he's just such a big body that it's hard to find a guy that can move like that in that type of catch radius, right? Yo, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that Argos struggled with was, you know, separation, right? Getting guys open and, you know, providing big targets for um, the Kyle Beck Thompson hit guy. So, 
uh, Eric Rodgers is the kind of guy that he doesn't even need to be open to be able to make a catch, right? Even when he's covering, he's open. He's one of those guys, right? Six four, long arms, smooth out of his breaks, and you know, great contested guy, uh, catch guy. So throughout his whole career, he's been unbelievable on second downs and keeping drives alive. And that's one of the things are are desperately missing. He's also a great blocker. I mean, Mike, you know this watching him on film when he was in Calgary, just a oh, devastating blocker. And a guy that's going to help, you know, guys like Kirby Gittins in the screen game, uh, Andrew Harris when he gets to the second level. So, you know, and he's a winning football player, right? So, you know, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's running hard, running his defenders off so guys can have space to press the ball uh, and things like that. So, overall, he's got all the intangibles, you know, big body, red zone target, um, a winning football player, and, you know, a guy that any team would, would love to have back in the lineup. And, you know, he plays his best in, in big big games, right? Great cups um, and playoff-type atmosphere, uh, Labor Day-type games. So, you know, this is a big game, and uh, he's coming back at the right time. You know, in terms of the defense, and we're talking about impact players, and I think if I'm completely unbiased here, you know, uh, Ja'Garrett Davis was a loss for Hamilton and certainly a gain for Toronto. And, I mean, he was such a beast down the 2021 season for the Tiger Cats. How is he fitting into the game plan defensively for the Boatmen? Oh, he's been doing well. He's been doing well. You guys know he's a slow starter, right? And he cranks it up, you know, towards Labor Day and towards the end of the season and the playoff time. So right now, you know, everybody's happy with what he's doing. He's he's having he's doing great. Uh, he's doing great in, in in meetings and inspiring some of the younger guys. And, and he's been a great teammate in the locker room. And uh, you know, he has got two uh, going into the Ottawa game. He had two sacks in his last two games, so he's starting to heat up. And um, I look for him. He's playing his old team, and I know that guy. He's gonna, he's gonna be, he's gonna be revved up to go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised with a multiple sack effort, some TFLs, and and, and uh, getting getting that defense fired up. Well, folks, it's time to put the gloves back on here. We've been friendly enough here. We've been speaking to the enemy as presented by Red Tag. Thanks for joining us, Nadia and Jay from TSN Ten Fifty in Toronto. No worries. Pleasure. I don't, Mike, we're not enemies, are we? <laughs> no, we can, we can be friends once the game's done. How about that? Yeah, and, and then we're done playing, so we can be friends. <laughs> all right, yeah, guys. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot for joining us, folks.